Welcome to American Players Theater Talk Backs to Go. I'm Buzz Kemper, and I invite you to take a walk to the Touchstone Theater with Orin Schroeder and me as Orange talks with director Brenda DeVita and actor Colleen Madden about APT's 2019 production of A Doll's House Part 2 by Lucas Nath. I'm talking today about A Doll's House Part 2, and I have Brenda DeVita, the director and artistic director of APT, with me, and Colleen Madden, who's playing Nora Helmer, the uh, lead role in both A Doll's House by Henrik Ibsen and A Doll's House Part 2, although not played in this case by the same actor. Uh, This play is a, a recent one written by a playwright named Lucas Nath, and it debuted in 2017, so just a couple of years ago, and had a Broadway run that same year. What can you tell us about the playwright? About the playwright? I don't know what I can tell you about the playwright exactly. Um, I know he's prolific right now. He's writing a lot of work, and um, I know that The Christians was a play that I saw and loved. I read Red Speedo. A lot of my friends really love it. He has a new work, I think, that's just hitting New York now. I think The Thin Line or something. Um, I think... uh, that I was really, really attracted to this play because of the vernacular and because of the idea of, of it being a continuation of Doll's House. So I flew out to New York to see the piece when it was in previews and got to see him and, and them in, in a conversation, um, him in the cast in a conversation. And I was really taken with the writing. I thought it was audacious, and I think he is um, he's smart like Stoppard, that he's not afraid to go into historical historical figures and and in this case we all think Nora is kind of real to us at this point she is real for us and it's I think it's a really audacious piece of writing really brave and I think it's really um, fun I think it's incredibly exciting to answer that big question as posed at the end of Dallas House that everybody I know has about Dallas House like what what happens next which is the center of drama if you can't keep people asking what happens next then you know it's a real thing so uh, he Ibsen posed that with probably one of the most influential pieces of literature ever written, and he just stepped in to answer that question. So I find him fascinating and smart and um, of our time and uh, incredibly feminist in his writing. I think I think he's a fair writer. It's uh, I think it's a play that's written by a man, obviously about a woman, but so is Ibsen. <laughs> so following in the long-held tradition, um, but I think it's audacious what he's done. And do you think it's important that people have seen A Doll's House before they see this play? Um, I think that what I think producers around the country, if I were to be so bold, assumed that a theater-going audience had seen Doll's House. I think it's been produced with such popularity and regularity because we, as theater makers, are so keenly involved in Doll's House, the story, that I think it, it, is, uh, it is definitely a help to have seen that. Although I do think that the arguments in this play, and it is an argument play, it's very, very much an argument from beginning to end. Um, not always an angry argument, but a conversation of ideas completely in opposition to one another. So I think um, I think that that's exciting for people to see regardless of whether they've seen, and it is an actor-driven piece. There's no doubt about it. It is a tour de force for actors. I mean, it is just about actors in a room. So if you like um, in-the-moment acting and in-the-moment relationship building and in-the-moment uh, uh, kind of visceral acting, I think the play holds on its own. I think that you won't miss any story if you don't see 
the original Doll's House. But what I think part of the pleasure is, besides knowing Nora's backstory, is the change in, I mean, part of Lucas Nath's um, uh, victory is that he really shows us how we've changed. Mm -hmm. So there are problems in the first play that have, was written hundreds of years ago, and that it, it, there's still problems now, mm -hmm. but the language about them has changed. So I think that's really interesting for us as um, yeah. human beings to see ourselves historically and see how some things have changed and some things haven't. Yeah, that's very, very true. Now he sets the play 15 years after A Doll's House and uh, poses the question of what has Nora been doing since then and um, why she comes back. Is there anything you want to share about that? Um, I think that why she comes back is very practical. Uh, she, has, she has lived an independent life. She has posited herself into the world legally as an independent woman, free of not married to anyone. And in that time and place, she was writing, and she can't do any of those things and sell things and own things if she's married to someone, um, if she's not an independent woman. So she has to come back. There's a very practical... Some people think it's a very thin thread or thin thing to be basing the play on. It's the, you know, the inciting event that she has to come back and do this and get his, uh, his signature on a divorce paper that was never filed. Um, I, think, I think the bigger thing about the play is that self-determination, which is what identity... Is, is is what everyone in the world is looking for. They're being, they're, if they're on a quest for something, if they're looking to be identified as who they are, to be seen and heard as who they are and who they want to be and how they identify themselves, this self-determination isn't a panacea of any kind. It's, it's, it's not. It, is, it reveals all of the things about yourself. And if you're really on that quest, and I think Nora in this piece is very much on that quest to see and find and be who she feels she needs to be with it, all the sacrifices it entails, extraordinarily crushing sacrifices it entails, that she also sees in herself the flaws in herself. And the one thing that one can never, if they are um, a human being, many of us find, I should not say never, many people do this, but many people can never let go of their family no matter what, that, that tie that binds us. And I think her going back to visit is a, a, the next step in my mind of her self-realization, that to be seen and heard this journey that she's on, to be seen and heard and identified and respected and acknowledged, or not even respected, but acknowledged as a human by the very people she hurt, that, that, that idea, I think, is truly a transformative idea for her. Um, that's my thought about why she, the internal, maybe unconscious reason she's come back. Colleen, um, often when APT does two plays that are linked in some way, it's with a similar cast. But in this case, uh, Kelsey Brennan is playing Nora in a doll's house. Are you going to be wearing similar costumes or trying in other ways to make it seem that you're the same person? No, not at all. I mean, I think, um, again, the play, struck, the play is very different Nath's play is very different. It's very, it's contemporary. It's very funny. Um, mm -hmm. it, it lives in, instead of, you know, Ibsen's Doll's House really ends with a bold stroke. Mm -hmm. And I think Nath's Doll's House is all about ambiguity and all about in-between and what people haven't said. There's a, a, there's a big conversation about a conversation that never happened. Mm -hmm. And it, it just reminds me of marriage. 
and parenting. Um, <laughs> so really I'll be relying on my own uh, experience with marriage and parenting. <laughs> but no, I think that 15 years later, Nora is a very different person. Oh, she is absolutely. I mean, she went out to create herself, to be a very different person. She's become a novelist. Mm -hmm. She's a a novelist and is quite famous. Um, So she's... Pseudonym. No one knows who she is. Right. Yeah. Which is the sort of the crux of the play, why she's come back. But so, no, I will not. I will see Kelsey in that play and I will enjoy it. But no, I won't be copying anything. It's really fun. We're going to use the same set um, and alter it a bit. Um, we're going to use the same, possibly the same chairs. Um, we are going to strip the home that it was intending to be in Dal's house, and now it's not a home; it's a house. And I think that that's. And we're going to add some contemporary touches. That's what I'm really excited about. The design team is brilliant. Drew Boyce is the set designer. They're all the same team. Um, and Raquel Adorno, and uh, they're the cost- costume designer, and they're all the same team that we're using on Dal's house to reference some of the things of Dal's house. But no, the costumes are what we try to do just like the play. It's set in a period, so the silhouettes are very period, and the, and the chairs are period, and the room will be period, except we'll have a contemporary touch on it, a surprise. It'll be a contemporary addition to both every, to every costume and to the set itself. I will props. say that I have been threatened with a, a, a haircut. Yes, an and on-point haircut. Yes, so we'll an see on-point haircut. Yeah, we really want to, um, because the language. So it's this, it's this period setting, period silhouettes, period um, needs for the play to exist. This conflict for her. I mean, if it was today, this would not be a conflict. And so then we wanted to to honor what Lucas did in the in the writing, which is it is all about the time, but it's in contemporary vernacular. So how do you do a play? I love the juxtaposition, and I know this is very, very popular right now to take a period piece and put it, some contemporary flares on it. Um, but I really wanted each of the con- costumes to have and the set to have contemporary moments. Like, I'll give you one example. So Anne-Marie, who's the, the nanny who took care of, of Nora when she was little in Doll's house, she was, took care of Nora, took care of Nora's kids and raised the kids, right? Um, she will be dressed just like she was in Doll's house. Sarah Day's playing at nurse. Be dressed just like the Emory in Doll's house, basically. But she'll have tennis shoes on because they're so much more comfortable to do her work <laughs> in the house in. So we just, we wanted, we wanted to, the play is full of contradictions. And I was writing a bunch of them down for my design team. But it's, it's period and contemporary. It's comedy, but it's a visceral tragedy on some points. It's, cer- it's certainty and doubt hand in hand, certainty in their arguments, full of doubt that what they are doing is actually the best thing. Love, I think they deeply love each other and they hate each other. They need each other. They're independent of each other. They're fearless and they're afraid. So the consequences of those kind of um, conflicts are what the play is about, I think. And um, you mentioned the the children, especially uh, Emmy, who was the daughter that was left and uh, in a doll's house at APT. I understand the actor playing this role is seven months old. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, um, that was inspired. I went to see Ferryman in New York, and they if you haven't seen Ferryman, run, go quickly, see it whenever you can. Um, and they had a baby on stage, and it wasn't gimmicky. It was profound because they had generations on stage. And I kept saying, oh, my God, a baby in Dal's house. If Broadway can do a baby, APT can do a we baby. We can do a baby, especially <laughs> outside with the mosquitoes. It's indoors and touchdown, <laughs> so the baby will be much easier inside. But, yeah. um, but of course, in this play, uh, Emmy's grown up. Yep. Can you talk a little bit about 
her reaction to her mother coming back? Yeah, it's pretty wonderful. I mean, um, Melissa Pereira is is Emmy, and grown up, and she has grown up without a mother. She's had a mother because I left, Nora left, and um, she's grown up without a mother and sees sort of the the detritus that her, her mother's abandonment has left the family in. Uh, and so she decides that she's going to do the opposite. She's going to be a paragon of femininity and she's going to marry the man she loves. It's pretty wonderful. I mean, so you it's one of my favorite moments in the play because Nora comes back, I think, seeking her own agenda and suddenly she becomes very motherly and mm-hmm. she says, don't make my same mistakes. Mm-hmm. But the daughter's saying, I'm sorry, this is too late to be motherly. Mm-hmm. You've been you've been gone. You've been out of here. So they have a great and 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 Emmy's fifteen, sixteen, so she's gr- a grown up in that world. So she feels very grown up and very much like my teenager. She thinks she has all the answers. <laughs> so it's a pretty great mother daughter moment. It sounds like a play that has some wonderful ideas and and as you say, an argument play that can help us. And I have to say, one of the my favorite things about it is that. It really, the play really gives a voice to Torvald. So it is a feminist play, although feminism is never mentioned, but it is a feminist play in that it's where we want to all of us get to, a place where the the playing field is even so we can have a conversation really. So everybody can talk about how things have affected them. The play is genius in the fact that if we don't switch sides as we're watching, we're failing. Right. All the time. Everybody's wrong and everybody's, everybody's right. right. And that's the, that's the lasting contradiction of being a human being, which we forget as we get angry and self-righteous. And, and um, it's the downside of being sure. I mean, surety is the death of us all. And certainty is not actual freedom. So I think that we want very much to leave the audience jump, jumping as they're speaking, saying, well, of course, it was, it was terrifying what you let, left us with. But of course you needed to because of what you're saying about who you've become. And I think that the, the lines in the play that crush me and that keep me up at night is between Torvald, there's a beautiful scene late in the play. It's only 90 minutes, so it's not that late. But um, beautiful scene between Torvald and, and Nora. And after they've had a, quite a row and he's, they're just left sitting and he says, why, well, I, I think something like, why is it so hard to be with people. Like, if, if we could just be with each other, if we could just, why does this have to be so hard to just be with each other? And I know that sounds so simple, but when you see how hard they're trying to be themselves, you figure out it's hard to be with ourselves. So I think that it's full of those kinds of thinking thoughts. And, and if you fall in love with the characters, that's, that's what I hope happens. Sounds wonderful. Thank you both so much for sharing with us today. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you. American Players Theatre Talk Backs to Go is a co-production of Orange Tree Imports and Audio for the Arts. Please find us on iTunes and YouTube under APT Talkbacks to Go. Our theme song is called Play in the Woods and is written and performed by myself, Ben Ferris, Tyler Willenbrink, Noah Gilfillan, Elliot Gilfillan, Grant Blaschka, and Susan Hofer. With Orrin Schroeder, 
I'm Buzz Kemper. Thank you for listening. A co-production of Orange Tree Imports and Audio for the Arts.